Blog Talk Radio. David, are you with us? I am with you guys. Oh, great. Ah. We will introduce you. (laughs) We love having you with us. Well, our next guest is David Elliott. His first book, The Reluctant Healer, details his experience growing up on a farm in rural Kentucky, the questioning of his traditional Catholic roots, his experience in the business world, and as a professional film and TV actor in Hollywood. All of these experiences led him to a series of remarkable encounters that strengthened and urged him towards his destiny to teach people in person and by books to heal themselves and nurture their souls. Well, you're now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, David um, says that healing is easier to experience than to explain. He supports people in healing by listening into their souls. He says he's able to sense the emotions and fear um, they are holding inside, which then allows him to help them to unblock and release the negative energy holding them back. And as a clairaudient healer, David hears purely through his senses. Sometimes it is sound and speech, like in a regular conversation. Um, Mostly it's a perception an awareness that lets him focus on the energy a person has locked up inside. David says, by unburdening an individual of their negative energy, there is a lift, an inspiring moment created when this individual wakes up from their spiritual crisis with a bright new clarity about their lives. Well, during David's teenage years, he was part of a band, uh, he was on Milton District High School in his final year to pursue his dream of becoming a rock star. At 19, however, he realized this wouldn't happen and returned to finish high school. After graduating high school, Smith attended Friars. No, I'm sorry. After graduating high school, uh, he attended Ryerson University in Toronto and auditioned for Stratford Shakespearean Festival in Ontario and was accepted as a member of its young company. Subsequently, moving to Los Angeles, he took the stage name of David James Elliott. Having found there was already an actor named David Smith, now this is what confused me when I was doing this, Smith attended Ryerson University, that really confused me, because I'm thinking of David as David Elliott. Yeah, yeah, I could jump in. I could jump in one second because wherever that information came from, there's a couple of little bits in there that probably came from somewhere else. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, the the part about David James Elliott, he's actually another person. Um, I mean, you can go ahead, but if you want, I just thought I better jump in and just everything (laughs) up until you got to the rock band or the band in high school was completely correct and then 
then somewhere in there we must have uh, had a mix-up with some information, but it's okay. I kind of like it. I mean, I, I, I can, you know, as an actor, I could probably go with it. So. <laughs> okay. Well, you you appeared in a film, Police Academy 3, back in training in 1986 and subsequently in television series Street Legal, Not Slanding, as Bill Nolan, and in 1993's The Untouchables as Ancient Paul Robbins. The following year, uh, you landed a, uh, a role on the hit series Melrose Place, playing Terry Parsons. And uh, guest appearances on an episode of Seinfeld as an anti-abortion furniture mover. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> what an awesome journey you've been on. And now you've t- uh, opened the doors to another journey, and you teach people um, in, your, in person and buy books to heal themselves and nurture their souls. And we really need that right now. So thank you for being with us. We've, we've had you before, and we really enjoyed having you, and we wanted you back. Oh, well, it's it's always great to be uh, be wanted. So <laughs> Can you give us like a Reader's Digest to, to catch up the, our listeners that didn't hear us before of okay. how you became a healer? Yeah. You know, I, of course, hindsight's probably even better than 2020 and you know I think now back about my whole life and my childhood and um, realize that I you know there's no accident to the family I was born into the way I was raised I come from a lineage of country doctors and priests and nuns and, um, and and nurses and I kind of figure I'm just a conglomeration of all of them I guess now uh, my my father and his father were also farmers and very connected to the land and you know their expectation I'm sure was for me to stay on we had a, a very large farm in western Kentucky and um, you know I guess the father's dream if he's farming would be that his son stays stays or comes back to the family farm but I I was more restless and needed to get out in the world and really explore what my purpose was. There was always a strong push for me to be very curious and ask lots of questions and want to know how things worked. And so when I got my parents did persist of me going to college, I, I never came back and I didn't know what I was wanting to do in college and um, when I finished, uh, a great uncle from California uh, basically brought me out to California. He said, you're not going to be satisfied in western Kentucky. Let me just bring you out west, and you can get a feel for things. And his grandkids planted the seed and kept really bugging me about staying and becoming an actor, which I did and had never thought about that. Um but ironically, once they planted that seed, um, I, I started meeting people, photographers, and some agents. And the next thing you know, I'm, you know, pursuing an acting career mainly because it started to awaken me. It really um, was the first, I guess, well, definitely training and the first liberating place for me to get in touch and express my emotions and. As I really started studying acting and and noticing what it was about the life 
that I would see in actors and the way that they were able to move their energy and I guess play their emotions like an instrument. It it not only fascinated me, it it captivated me and and I felt like that was my purpose and I had I mean I would go to see movies when I first moved to Hollywood and you know, the surge of spirit and energy would move through me and I would tingle from head to toe and I would just know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and after being in LA a short time I started having strangers come up and grab me and get my attention and tell me that I was a healer and that they had been sent to find me and they had been sent to meet me at a certain place, a certain time. Of course, that was just the most bizarre thing I'd ever heard of. And I kind of started, if I saw a person coming towards me with that look in their eye, I would um, start to try to avoid them. And this happened enough times for to really get my attention. It would kind of happen once or twice a month and started to happen even more more regular and so finally after a good while of this I looked up at the sky and I said okay God you need to send me some answers because I don't know what this is about and short time after that my phone rang and a friend of mine um, told me that she had just met this healer and that I needed to meet him and I was like well I don't know what a healer is, but I guess I need to meet him to find out. And I met this guy. His name was Tim Heath, and he immediately told me, well, the first few things he said to me, when, as soon as he saw me, he said, hello, brother, we meet again. And I was like, huh, what? And he said, I've known you many lifetimes. You're a healer. Um, you, you're you clairaudient. And I go, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking this guy's about as nutty as the rest of them. And um, he, he, you know, he said, you, this gift, the clear audience is a gift of, of the throat chakra. It's a gift of hearing. And I thought, okay. And he said, well, you hear the answer to people's questions before they ask the question. You hear people's thoughts. You hear into their subconscious. You know, I... I I, 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 you know, thought, well, doesn't everybody? And I think I said that, and he said, no, they don't, not not the way you do. And I still was resisting him, but he got me when he said it gets really intense around relationships. And I'd just broken up in a relationship with this girl, and I was heartbroken. It's probably the reason why, I actually, really one of the main reasons I went to see him and. Um, and he said, yeah, oh, he said, and when the, I guess when he said that about relationships, I stopped resisting, and he said, well, let me tell you about that girl, and I listened, and I mean, the next few things he said explained more to me about her than I had learned on my own, and um, anyway, he, he just said, in the, with this gift of hearing, he said, I can't teach you this, he said, you were born with this, it's a very refined gift, um, it's something that I only recently remembered that he said to me that day, which I think I blocked because it seemed so preponderous. He, he said, you taught me a meditation, a breathing meditation back in India 2,000 some odd years ago. You know, I, I, I just had no perception of what he was talking about. And 
Um, anyway, he said, I want to I want to reconnect you to this meditation, you know, and kind of acted like this is the reason why he had come back to to me. And I did the I said, okay, I'll do it, and I did the breathing meditation with him. And when I did my energy, I started tingling and vibrating and pulsing with energy like a, a, like you might feel when you get goosebumps up and down your spine, only I was feeling this completely through my body. It was, it was, it was like a, getting almost like shocked electrically. It was so strong. I kept thinking I was levitating. And anyway, he had me at that point because I think every emotion that I'd ever suppressed and held inside myself came out and I had this very deep awareness and connection to everything and and we got we got to be friends and so when people would come and grab me and tell me that I was a healer and they were looking for me for the next year and a half two years I would say oh oh no you got the wrong person I know who you're look but I know who you're looking for and I would just send them all to him and I would watch him and be around him. I was very curious about what he was doing, but very reluctant and saying, no, I'm not a healer. I'm not going to do healing work. I'm an actor. Um, so I still was pursuing the acting, but keeping my eye on the healing. And gradually over, um, well, a couple of years after knowing him, he died in a car accident, and then this wave of, people and energy kind of turned to me and over the course of the next few years I it it pretty much took over my life so I kind of, I went from seeing four or five people a week as I was gradually giving into you know maybe becoming a bit of a healer um the next thing I knew I was seeing you know 20 30 40 people a week and um, it started to make more and more sense to me that it was something I had to to do at least for a while, and gradually I found myself uh, not as interested in acting and not able to really have the time to go pursue it. And then um, I had always been told my whole life also that I was a writer, so. Um, the guy, Tim, when he first met me, he said, well, a big part of your gift is writing and expression, and so you're going to write a lot of books. Um, I kind of believed that a little bit. I guess I'd heard that enough uh, that I had an ability to write. Um, and so um, literally when September 11th happened, the next morning I was woke up about 4 in the morning, and I audibly heard the voice that guides me very specifically say get up get in your car go to the ocean and wash away the fear uh, i pretty robotically did that and ended up i was heading to santa monica it sent me to the santa barbara uh, area and i got in the water when i dunked under and came out i the, heard the voice say it's time to start writing the book so that's when i started writing the reluctant healer um then you know it had its tour and i forgot exactly when i actually finished it now but you know however many years ago and then the more recent book was is healing is just titled healing and it's come 
on the heels of the reluctant healer, which I feel it's a, it's a much more reluctant healer had more about the journey and kind of the application of how you take your life where you are and start to understand that you may have purpose in it, especially if you keep getting strong messages and signals from the universe, which I know a lot of people have been and are right now. And uh, healing is is very is a much even deeper um, look into what the ways that I see people healing and you know creating lots of well-being in their life. So I guess that's the long, <laughs> maybe longer than Cliff Notes version, but. <laughs> well, my question is, do you teach that meditation? Um, yeah, that- I, I've worked with the, the meditation. It's uh, pranayama yoga. It's a breathing meditation, and literally the simplicity of it, um, you know, I think probably the biggest reason people have obstacles and problems is they you know have a tendency to get stuck in the head living in their mind whether and their emotions pushing so if they're afraid and they're experiencing lots of anxiety you know it it, it gets stuck not only in their body but specifically their mind they can't turn it off and it's just going 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 and if we add in all the you know, stimuluses that we have available now, you can see that people are becoming kind of in their brains about as fast as their computers. So what the breathing meditation does is it literally, not unlike exercise, although we're we're doing it, uh, you know, in a meditative state. And so with the breathing, we are activating the ductless glands or the chakras through the breath. And so through the breathing rhythm by increasing the oxygen flow and the oxygen in the bloodstream. We're actually activating the hypothalamus gland specifically in the brain. And then, you know, as a person just relaxes, it starts to trigger these other ductless glands, which I look at as being these little mini storage, maybe each of them, the seven chakras or main ductless glands, being these computer centers where information is stored, and for most people it's it's got more the negative stuff the the flight the fear or the fight or flight mechanism and and you know their their painful um, experiences in life stored in there so as we through the meditation activate them, there's a clearing and a cleansing that happens through you know, really the subconscious because that's where most of the powerful information that's locking people up or sticking them is is stored, meaning that they're not in touch with as much as they think they are. Um, So, again, the breathing meditation really starts to open that up. And um, once the person is in the meditation breathing, and they start to feel their energy, uh, so meaning that they will start to feel a vibration moving through them. When that happens, it literally turns into an experience. So what you were reading in the very beginning about 
the description of one of the David Elliots, <laughs> um, the uh, which was me. Um, the the for people, we we can only really do so much intellectually. Even though you know I I know some very brilliant people. Most again are overloaded in the brain. But once we can get them into uh, an experience with themselves, it starts to take on more and more of a spiritual nature, which means that it teaches, it, it, it reveals the spirit will help open the doorway for a person to understand things on a deeper level than just the brain. Um, and so once they can kind of have a full body connection to all of themselves energetically, emotionally, mentally, you know, and everything kind of integrates and comes together. I don't know, I, would, I guess I would have to say the miracles I've seen in life um, most often happen when that congruency, you know, when that merging happens or comes together. So, uh, David, since we weren't exactly um, uh, up to date with everything about you, um, I... I question um you have a cd um yeah. for meditation for, for yeah a i do um it, it, and and trust me i i, I there's a just from my side uh, there's no problem with any of the mix-up of the information i, I don't care, care about that at all people can go on uh the reluctant healer.com and uh, pretty soon there's a new website that's going to be david com any any day now but they can go on there and find you know all the information really but um yeah there's uh about uh, five meditation CDs that I've created and I'm due to go in to do a few new ones but um and the each of these take people through a meditation uh and and some of them are theme specific meaning there's one called cleanse there's another one called manifest there's another one called sexual healing um, then the latest one is called the spiritual practice, and what it does is it's a little different than the other ones. Um, the other ones have a, a slight, like a five or six minute intro and about a 20 to 23 or four minute meditation. Um, but as I was doing these, I realized, you know, we're such a fast food society that I needed <laughs> to create some different length ones, uh, specifically some really short ones for people who only have a few minutes that they can designate to themselves spiritually or, you know, health-wise or meditatively each day. So the, the spiritual practice CD has four different length meditations, a seven-minute, a 14, a 21, and a 28-minute meditation so that, again, based on the time that people have available, you know, they can just hit that track. So, I know the last time we talked to you, I don't know if it's still up on your website, there was a free one that you could download. Mm -hmm. Is it still there? It's still there. So it's basically that first, the seven-minute meditation that... Um, you know that's the that's the hors d'oeuvre or that's the the the, the little snack. But uh, in seven minutes, people can definitely start to feel their energy. Once they, once you we can get the brain just to go neutral, just to stop, and a person starts to feel their energy. My my belief of what's happening there is 
our spirit or our essence or our soul, whatever word a person wants to use for our higher self, the eternal part of ourself, I see that as a vibration. That That's something that exists in the universe, I guess for some people in heaven, wherever you want to language it. Um, it's a it's a vibration, and I do believe that, you know, when a person gets goosebumps, that that a moment of truth is happening, and the spirit is entering the body. So, um, you know, when when we're doing the meditation, and and someone starts to feel themselves vibrating, it's because of the opening um, that's happening because the mind has loosened grip or control just enough. <laughs> to start to let you know the spirit in, so um, it's it is really amazing what all happens there. Whether I'm working with an individual or with a group of people, so so you still you're still doing individual healings. Uh, when I'm when I'm when I have time and when I'm in uh, usually Los Angeles, I do. Sometimes when I travel to other cities, I'll do a day of private sessions. You know, the thing about working with people privately, it it grounds me. It it gives me an ability. It gives me a chance to really connect with people. There's something about it that I mean. I guess as also as a former athlete playing basketball, you know, it it's like shooting the free throws, the layups. You know, it it's got all of the basics in it, and I feel like it's it's a really good um, thing. Um, for me to do that, um, but I obviously the busier I am, the less time I have of where I can work privately with people. But I still do some, yes. Taz, did you have a question? I did. I forgot it. I felt like I'm, I almost felt like I interrupted you. But um, well, so when you work with people individually. Do you work with helping them release their blocks, their emotional blocks? Yeah, for me, it you know, it, it, it's trying to teach people. I, I heard just the end of uh, Mr. Pearl's or Dr. Pearl's um, interview there that you guys had, you know, with him. And um, you know, I, honestly, I think so many of the spiritual teachers and healers and whatever are, are are saying a lot of the same thing um you know when the message is 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 right it it doesn't have a lot of variation to it and so so you know my job is really to teach people how to heal themselves and how to how to understand themselves and so yes for for many people it's it's helping them get in touch and really uh, teaching them how to clear their emotions. Um, When the emotions start to move and clear, it isn't, you know, it's like acting. It it doesn't mean that that's all of it, you know. But uh, once the emotions clear, I find that the pathways are then open for spirit to move through the body and it tends to move I find through the nervous system more than any other parts of the body that it being it's a frequency it tends to move that through those electrical circuits and the nervous system 
you know, I was just thinking, um, you know, when people listen to certain kinds of music, and they uh-huh. or they'll hear someone sing, they'll have these goosebumps mm-hmm. and, and opening up. So, do you? F- I mean, if you have your music that you have meditation mm-hmm. and um, that kind of thing, does the music help open up people? Uh, yeah, it, it really does because you know, you know, like they do in. Um, you know, the, I think it's neuro-linguistic programming. They'll kind of categorize people as, you know, some people are more kinesthetic, some people here. You know, I, I, I'm not super versed on NLP, so I probably shouldn't even speak about it. But but honestly, music, uh, well, I mean, how many times have you been in a movie theater and something happened with an actor and you felt, you know, goosebumps moved through you and tears came to your eyes and it, and you could hear people gasping or you know through the through the audience so what the way i look at all of it is when spirit moves the 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 big language or or the big medium is art the thing about art that um really is uh so encompassing is art it, it's like rhymes are kind of popping in my head, but like art is, you know, it's it, it happens through the heart. You know, the the most powerful art, you know, does happen through the, the heart, in my opinion. So when a person, when a singer, you know, opens, they, they open their heart, they open their throat. And so the throat obviously is the thing that we we get moved by the most. But there's people that can hit beautiful notes. Um, but maybe they don't move you like someone who is really feeling and opening and choosing to open. Um, and this is the same way with acting, and um, I believe it's the same way with painting and certainly writing. I've had many, um, you know, uh, screenplay writers tell me that, you know, when they were writing this specific screenplay, they felt energy start to move through them at a certain point. And then the production company that bought the script, they specifically said, oh, my gosh, this scene right here, you know, really killed us or it's amazing. And then when the actors got to it, you know, they, you know, energy, spirit moved through them. And I always found usually those scenes make it into the movie, you know, Um not maybe not in every case, but um, you know. So, so the 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 key is the opening. When when people open, um, when they open the heart, when they open up, um, this I call it universal energy flow. But you know, this energy from outside of ourselves, this light, moves through. You know, and when it moves through. I mean, the beauty of being an artist is there. You're an you're an instrument. You're a vessel, and you get to be this this conductor that um, relays this information to many, many, many other people. So um, that's that's always what fascinated me as an actor. It's like, oh my gosh, I could see that. I could feel that. I could hear that with this person i mean i always laugh if if i was had been able to open more and more as an actor 
you know, I may not be doing this work here today, um, but I also know that the universe has its plan with with all of us, especially, you know, had a very specific plan with me, and and I feel like it, it wanted me to study artist and acting so that as it kind of has ma- managed to keep me around Hollywood that I would have this good foundation to work with, you know, entertainers and artists. I mean, it's amazing how many actors and singers come to me and it's the place where they have their biggest blocks is usually the throat or the jaw and the number of them that grind their teeth at night or have to wear a mouthpiece or that have all these throat ailments. Um, you know, their the area with their biggest gift is also oftentimes an area with their biggest vulnerability and sometimes a feeling of almost like being their biggest curse, you know. So I think I read somewhere that you wrote that you wrote the second chakra is a blockage of self love. Uh, a block in the second chakra, or uh-huh. right? Is that self love, or well, so most more about the self love would be uh, towards the heart chakra. The um, the second chakra, what I find there is, of course, I mean, yes, we it would it would. It would involve self-love, but oh, okay. I think I know what you're uh, referring to. So, in the second chakra is where people um, tend to get hung up on what I call more of a love of power versus the power of love. So, the power of love would be more connected to the heart, and that would be what I would be talking about: is the self-love flowing out from the heart, then connecting us to everything. Whereas through the second chakra, you know, where I kind of look at where where society and most people individually are stuck is in their perception of love is out there. If somebody loves me, you know, if I can connect to somebody and they love me, then I can feel good and then I'll love myself. So what happens is through the second chakra, that's where much of not only the sexual energy but the emotions and um, it it ends up being the the region where people end up creating uh, a lot of their dysfunction in. So I I hope I explained that well enough. It's it's a loaded, uh, the second chakra is a loaded topic uh, area because I I find it, it contains issues with money, sexual stuff, food, um, the emotions, creativity, you know, a lot of that is all, you know, flowing around in the water and the, you know, sexual regions in the body. And and second chakra does have, a, I find, a really strong connection with the throat. So the creativity that, that can be generated there if a person is connected to it, can then be brought up and expressed out very wonderfully and powerfully through the throat as it, you know, of course, moves through the heart right before. Wow. Now, with with the heart, I've known a lot of people that the energy flows from the heart. They can give, give all this love, but when it mm-hmm. comes back to receiving love, it's hard for them to receive love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely, and 
you know, uh, maybe I'm going to make a blanket statement here, but I find that generally um, men have uh, oftentimes the bigger block between the shoulder blades, literally, um, around receiving love and probably the old program of them being the provider and whatnot, uh, it ends up, you know, being more of a controlling thing about giving and, you know, giving things a certain way. Um, and usually I'll find when people, you know, have had heart attacks or heart attacks run in the family that there is a pretty tight, um, a pretty significant block in the back of the heart chakra. So by bringing awareness to that and teaching a person how to open and soften that area and how to let a little more trust be there, it's amazing how um, much tension can release from around the heart. Boy, that's some good advice. <laughs> let me... Um... Let me just give out your website so people know. And it's uh, David Elliott Healing dot com. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. David Elliott and it's E L L I O T T dash healing dot com. Okay. You know, and, we've uh, got some classes coming up. Uh, yeah. Soon. I've been I, I've been taking a little break in July and writing my third book, which is uh, a different format. It's actually in in a, in a novel form, and um, I'm having a lot of fun writing um, something that's more fiction based. Um, a little bit about the fu- a little bit more about the future, and um, it's you know it's testing my my trust of my creativity, but. Um, um, as I'm now getting back to work, I do have what I call my healer training classes coming up in the healer training level one class, um, which is the, it's the 10-year anniversary of, of me teaching, uh, starting this class just prior to um, September 11th. I agreed to start teaching people how to do this work uh, September 1st, 2001 in Sedona, Arizona, and this is now the 10th year anniversary, so it's kind of a little milestone for me. Um, But that first level class is coming up this Saturday and Sunday in Los Angeles. Um, And it's it's kind of the basic tools and and a a very experiential, practical teaching about how to heal yourself and how to start working with your energy and how to really gain an understanding of it um, in addition to how to start to apply this awareness into seeing and hearing and feeling energy in other people so you can start to learn how to set boundaries and start to learn how to separate out <laughs> what's yours and what's somebody else's. So that's one of the most important things I find for people these days. Most of the sensitive really sensitive people are overwhelmed because they feel so much and they don't know what's theirs. And so when they're going from feeling kind of okay, they'll go out to, you know, for 15 minutes to run an errand and go in real quick to a store and suddenly they're angry or frustrated or, 
irritated and they don't know they didn't even talk to anybody and they don't know what happened so you know these people I usually refer to as the empathics the really sensitive people who are picking up you know the subconscious and pain and and upset from other people just by you know being around them so um so I find that teaching people to understand more about you know their intuition more about their energy oh oh cut him cut him off i moved the i moved my computer uh oh so hopefully he'll move, he'll call back in oops are you there okay i'm here <laughs> yeah okay david we send you out some some notice here yeah so uh, I was going to ask him, because uh, he has three, uh, if I remember correctly from his last interview we had with him, he has um, three workshops, the beginning that he was just talking about, and then a second one. And the third one is how to work with groups. So hopefully he'll call back in. Okay. So. And the other thing is we want to check out, I mean, you know, making sure if he has any books coming up. Yeah, he was just talking about his new book coming up. Yeah, so we need to it's talk about called that Baptism. He said it was, oh, there he is. Yay. Uh-huh. Yay, I'm sorry you got cut off. Are you there? Oops, oh, let me see. Hello, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, good. Yes. Sorry you got cut off. You were talking about your classes. And my my question is, you've got uh, three different classes. Can you take, do they have to be in sequence, or can you take, like, the second one and then go back and then take the first one next year? Yeah, usually what I do, they can be taken out of sequence some. The, The second class does build on the first one. Um, so usually when I'm offering the second one, either myself or one of the other teachers for me will offer an abbreviated uh, one-day version of the first, excuse me, first class to kind of catch people up. So we'll usually do that on a Friday and then the, cl- the second class on Saturday and Sunday. The third class, what I call the Healer Training Level 3 class, it's, it's about group energy, so I find it'll stand on its own pretty well. So it's it's about the dynamics of groups. You know, many most people I know don't love being in groups, but they're kind of forced to if they're taking classes, if they work, if <laughs> they're in a family. Um, so it, it's a real uh, fascinating class about, you know, group dynamics and, and group energies. And then the fourth level class is really just a teaching um about some of the specific things I do uh, in the in the work, um, and then I ex- kind of open the floor, floor for people to ask questions, and I find that if they've been working and applying the other classes, they'll come in with lots of great questions. So usually the level four class, unless a person has been working, doing lots of, you know, work in some way, usually that class is better taken after they've taken some of the other ones. So um, ideally they're taking one, two, three, four, but uh, 
you know, with people's schedules, it isn't always possible. So we I work with people and um, and try to make it where they can be, come into the class whenever they can get there. So. And then um, on your uh, website, you also have uh, people who want to write books. Um, yeah, yeah I have uh, have typically um, the last year had three writers groups, uh, two in America and one in Italy. Um, um, right now I have two groups, uh, one in Italy and one in America. But um, um, of course, the in the U.S. group, there's people that participate from all over. And yeah, my my I feel like my um, role is that the universe definitely sends me talented, creative, gifted people. That has happened since day one. And I feel like, you know, one of my really important jobs is to get those people liberated and healed. And I find one of the fastest way to get people, you know, on track is to get them creating and expressing because suddenly when a person's doing that, most of their problems go away and their energy picks up and things start to kick in. And so um, so I've really studied, you know, how getting creative people to create and express themselves actually will simultaneously just about heal anything. And I've had really good uh, people to work with out here in Los Angeles. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I found that a lot of people who, you know, maybe had really successful careers and sometimes had dips in them and they would find their way to me, you know, usually if I could just show them and get them back into doing, you know, really using their creativity, it's amazing how many of their problems just go away. So if you join the, um, if you, I said it's like for two for one, um, yeah. get support for writing a book. Plus, you, there a healing <laughs> takes place. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, and you know, I find these this day and age the book industry is changing so rapidly that honestly, I'm finding some people have having just as much impact writing a blog because you know. Society wants it wants to consume its meals again faster and sometimes smaller portions and so if a person you know this this whole thing of the the tweets and the Facebooks and you know uh, there it, it, it's all changing so um, it's kind of exciting you know it is changing and and the key I, is really to get people to express and. And if they're connected to to really what what they're here to do, um, it's amazing what little nuggets can come out in just a few sentences, and maybe that's all a person needs to hear today, you know. So, David, what you're saying basically is is that the energy must get stuck in someone's body if they're, you know, unable to really be expressive, or they get all tied up and mm-hmm. and not, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so just breaking through that and allowing it, it, it brings everything into oh. normalcy, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, the, I mean, how many people have you known who had something bad happen or something that maybe, 
you know, seem like an injustice or they got hurt or betrayed in some way and they got stuck in that emotion and what it did or, or, or what happened to them after that, you know, how long it took them to get sick. And I never liked making, you know, a lot of really – well, I, I, again, for me it's always um, – the, the connections that I help people uncover, of course, are always, you know, uh, tried to be, I try to do them as discreetly as possible. But, you know, I, I, I hate having to say to somebody, you know, you're under such stress and you're pushing yourself so bad. You know, if you don't slow down and, and take care of yourself, something bad i feel something bad could happen or i feel something's happening in your body or i'm smelling something that you know um is starting to smell like cancer or whatever and the few times i've had to say that um i mean it's hard for me to say that to people but uh you know there's been a few instances where somebody's gone to get themselves checked out the next day and and fortunately you know they've caught something at the very, very beginning, before it manifested too deeply into their, you know, into their body. So, um, you know, by holding on, when we hold on to pain, I always say that the pain is from the past, you know, and the fear is in the future. But neither one of those two events are in this moment right now. In this moment right now, if a person, people can stay in this moment, they usually do pretty good and they're usually, their health is fine. But when they get too far into the future or stuck too far in the past, they don't do well. Now, um, you you have a newsletter that you write on, on your website. Yeah. And I, I think that was if I remember correctly, something you wrote about is it a humming, hummingbird. Hummingbird hint. Yeah. 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 The hummingbird hint is usually at the end of each newsletter, and it's a little, um, little thing that I intuit and kind of try to share. It would be similar to a chapter out of a book or something. Um, but yeah, the hummingbirds. Since my daughter was conceived. Literally, the I guess right when she was conceived, uh, hummingbirds started doing a very peculiar thing in coming to live right close to me, whether it was on my front porch or in the trees, or they'd come in my house, and and so hummingbirds. I feel like she, as she came, as her spirit and essence came, the hummingbirds uh, came too, and ironically. You know, the only name I could really agree to naming her was Ruby, and I I never even made the connection till after she was born that oh, <laughs> I guess that's why we named her Ruby. But uh, um, so hummingbirds uh, hold a very special um, place in my heart, and the hummingbird hint is. Yeah, something that I try to share from my heart to help people. Sometimes it's what I I sense people are really going through, you know, like right now or a little bit of an intuition about, you know, the future or something. I, I 
try to let it be a nugget or something that can help people. So, Well, like today with the stock market, I guess it really went down, <laughs> down. So there's probably a lot of fear out there right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, money, the money conversation, I, I, I mean, this next election, let's put it this way, is probably going to be, uh, it's definitely going to prove to be, um, very theatrical and interesting because uh, um, I, I, I couldn't tell you, and I don't know that my intuition would be any good uh, uh, regarding what's going to happen there. But uh, but I do believe that yes, our country we we um, are having some roads the roads ahead that are going to be very challenging and hopefully enlightening and empowering for us all and not too negative, but uh, I think it is really an important time to have a strong spiritual base or practice where you can clear and ground yourself and get connected to the source that you connect to and, and feel safe and good and, and empowered and not stuck in fear because that's no fun. Paula, I would really like um, David to talk again about his second book here, The Baptism. Um, and is that Can people purchase that now from you? Oh, oh, oh so that's the third one. Yeah, the third one, the one I'm working on right now. So the second one is, uh, is healing. And, yes, it's available, you know, certainly Amazon and some bookstores, a lot of the bookstores, although the bookstores seem to be a disappearing um breed these days, but uh, it's certainly it's available on my website. If, if somebody doesn't have the money to buy it, they can go on my website on the uh, what you mentioned earlier, the DavidElliott-Healing.com or Reluctant Healer, and uh, on the homepage, uh, you'll, or you'll see in there where you can download it as a free PDF. So uh, I'm fine. Uh, it's more important for me that people have access to the information than how many books I sell. So if somebody, again, wants to go check it out, they can go download it as a PDF. And I think if they're kind of handy, they can probably put it on their Kindle or, or whatever. It's available on all the outlets, uh, you know, as a Kindle download. It's also available as an audio book on my website where I read the whole book. So. Uh, and your your third book, when's that going to be? Yeah. So, well, that's a. Uh, I'm hoping I can finish it by the end of the year. Here, that's um, that that I'll I'll be hustling if I do. I figure I'm about a third uh, to half, probably not quite half done writing it, and there's a lot coming yet that I don't even know where it's going for sure. But it's oh, about fun. this character. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's coming into you as you write. Coming into me as I write. Yes. It's a, it's oh, about good. this guy. His name is John River, and he's having this connection with the Mother Earth that's becoming very animated. And when he's in the right place and his heart is open, she communicates with him um, very, very. Um, prominently and so there's a whole cast of characters that come into it and um it ends up he has a role to to work with the earth and and open these portals and and try to bring balance 
uh, to the earth. And um, I feel like it has a little tinge of how Richard Dreyfuss's character was in Close Encounters of the, of the Third Kind, if you remember that movie back uh-huh, many years yeah. ago, in that he's getting this information and it does it it's he can't make any sense out of it in his brain, but he feels it and all these things happen when he opens up in his heart and lets go. Um, so it's I'm getting to stretch and and I'm getting to put as much make up as much uh, with my imagination and give myself lots of latitude with my creativity. So I, I am having a lot of fun writing it. It sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we've got about a couple of minutes left. Can you, um, maybe anything we haven't touched that you want to talk about? Uh, it's funny. I was being interviewed, I don't know, last uh, many months ago. I don't know if you've heard them, but sometimes during the call there's these uh, – the, the hummingbirds are all around, so they make really loud sounds uh, just outside my window. And at the end of a <laughs> at the end of a call, uh, this one interview, the, I told the guy we talked about the hummingbirds. And at the end, he said, "What's that sound I keep hearing? Is that crickets?" And I said, "No, no, no, that's the hummingbirds." And he's like, "What? I've never heard hummingbirds make that sound." So a few times I heard them chirping away. I didn't know if you guys heard them on your end. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, those are yeah, those are the hummingbirds. They get very animated when 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 certain openings and things happen in my healing room or whatever. They always chime in. It's it's kind of it's I always say it's kind of like Walt Disney or Disney, you know, an old Disney movie around here. So yeah, your partners, <laughs> yeah, your your healing partners. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, they they yeah, it's like they come to the window. They'll they'll come in my room when when the certain vibrations moving, and they'll f- fly around the ceiling a couple of times and go back out. So it's uh, that always tickles me when that happens. Um, so yeah, well, let's I, give I, out David's. Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. I just want to say I think your... we covered everything pretty good. So I'm I'm good. And if you guys need David. to say anything else, you feel oh, free. Yeah. I was going to say, we need to give out the website, which is David, and then Elliot, your last name, E-L-L-I-O-T-T, and that's dash, healing.com. David, thank you so much. It's been really beautiful to have you with us. Oh, well, thank you, guys. I I feel blessed to uh, have been on your show twice and really appreciative of, of the opportunity. Well, we'll have you back on after you get that third book written. Okay. That's a deal. Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.